This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome back. You're listening to The Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture. I'm Sharmila Ganesan with Lim Su Ann and Kelly Anissa. Before the break, we were talking about the first Malaysian author to win a Hugo Award, Zen Cho. Uh, and now in relation to our second story, we are asking you on Twitter. Where do you go when you feel like crying? Um, 74% of you have said somewhere I can be alone, followed by 14% of you who said I never cry. 13% of you said I just do it. And um, well, no one's said I look for friends and family. Oh, that's surprising. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can take that poll at BFM, um, B- sorry. At BFM Radio. <laughs> at BFM Don't Radio. Don't cry, Kelly. <laughs> it's too early. <laughs> Save it for later in the show. <laughs> BFM, BFM Radio on Twitter. You can WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899 or call us at 3 And, you know, as... Uh, and, the, the, the fact that we're talking about crying, we cry for so many reasons. I mean, whether we're sad, we're angry, or we're just happy, you're crying tears of joy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for some of us, crying is cathartic. You, it's it's it, emotional release. It lets the boo-hoos out, as <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. and friends said. Okay, very old <laughs> reference, I know. The room is too young for this joke. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Neither Fine, I'm going to cry. Go ahead, Suan. <laughs> Another example of when you cry. And but you no, know, for the others they may find some people just find it unnecessary as perhaps we see on our poll and and there are still some people who still see crying as a weakness itself. Um but what is it that influences um, people when on whether crying is helpful to them or not. Yeah, so a new study found that our own personal beliefs about crying may be shaping our crying tendencies and our experiences. So recently published in the journal Cognition and Emotion, the study was conducted by psychologists from the University of Queensland in Australia with over 200 participants over an online test. Mm. So what they found was how often you cry, how you feel after crying and whether it helps you through your emotions, these are all likely to be influenced by by your beliefs and expectations about crying, the social context and, you know, also your past experience. So the participants were asked to rank from one to seven to what extent they agreed with different statements that were presented to them. Mm. So these were grouped into three categories. Uh, the first statement um, was around the idea that crying in private is helpful. So, for example, statements like it helps when I'm feeling overwhelmed uh, or it makes me feel better in the long run. And then it was about crying in uh, about whether crying in Sorry, whether... <laughs> I'm totally messing this up. I think it's a thing in a studio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, crying in private is unhelpful. And then those were those had statements like, it makes me feel worse when I'm alone or I feel worse after crying. And then crying in public is unhelpful. So for example, I feel ashamed when I cry around people who are not my friends and family. Uh, or I feel judged when I cry around my co-workers. So most of these results are actually around the uh, midway mark. So when it comes to crying in private, most, pe- most of the... Uh, the people surveyed believed that it's unlikely to be bad for you, but they're also not sure whether it's good. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to crying in public, most of the participants were also unsure whether it was helpful or unhelpful. Yeah, I think I don't know whether I'm I'm surprised or not by the mixed results because mm-hmm. it, it's really personal as well, isn't it? And you know, I mean, the results were also mostly um, of white and Western participants, but it's it's just interesting to see that people are quite confused about how they feel about crying, whether in yeah, private or in public. Yeah, does it really public. help? Yeah, yeah, and, and but then it's quite common for us to hear of people talk about crying as cathartic, as we mentioned earlier, and then, you know, processing our feelings and emotions. So why is it that some people find it cathartic 
uptake and others don't. Earlier today, I spoke to a um, lecturer in psychology, Dr. Eugene D, about this, and here's what he has to say. Well, I think there might be some individual differences in how we perceive crying. So much of what we know from the psychological research in this area suggests that crying is actually not cathartic, so it does not actually help reduce uh, unpleasant emotions. But I think what we need to consider as well is the perception and the belief that crying does actually bring us benefits. So sometimes we hear people say, uh, I feel much better after having a good cry. So these individuals may actually have a helpful belief that crying does help them manage their negative emotions or stresses. So um, I, I would think that such a belief may actually mean that they're more likely to express uh, rather than to suppress their emotions and end up feeling better as a result. So I think more generally from an evolutionary point of view as well, uh, crying likely evolved as a means to actually convey helplessness, defenselessness. So it's a call for social support and assistance. So some of us might think that we, when we do cry, it use social benefits as well. We get people to sympathize with us. We get people to attend to us. And I think more importantly as well, validate the emotions and the distress that we're actually going through. Mm. I mean that that's quite interesting. Is that that is actually just the idea of how we look at crying rather than mm. the actual act of crying itself. Absolutely. So it's not maybe the physiological response, but the thought that this physiological response actually does bring us some benefit. Um. So just the idea of catharsis itself. It's um. It's your release of strong emotions, whether you're happy or you're sad or you're angry, and you you just release all that pent up emotion through crying in in this case. Mm. And uh, what what do both of you think? Do you find that it's cathartic for you? Um. You know, I do find that if I'm overwhelmed with some kind of emotion, that crying does help me get it out in some way. Mm. It, uh, so I, while it may not necessarily uh, be making me feel better, what it uh, what it lets me do is it lets me process that I am feeling something strongly mm. and that it's something I have to deal with. And then the process of crying helps me release it and, and talk about it and even admit to myself that I'm feeling something. Mm. I mean, for, for me, it's weird because, and I'm not trying to offend anyone by saying this, but I've always viewed crying as you know, a sign of weakness for me. Not for mm. anyone else, but for me. Um, I, I, I just don't like to cry because I feel like it shows I've given up. But it's odd because when I do cry, I feel so much better after that. Mm. And I just, I just, oh man, I was just overreacting or something. And then I, I'm, I'm myself again. Mm. I think I think this ties back to Dr. Eugene's point about how you are more willing to express your emotions and not just like suppress them. Yeah. And you know, when and it, when it comes to crying, and like you said, Kelly, perceptions is, but it's also not about your the perception of you yourself crying, but also about how when how is it when others do it? Mm. And I think especially in a professional setting, crying is not necessarily seen as compatible in that a time and place. And you know, for some people, it depending on the context, it may even be seen to reflect badly upon a particular person. So I also asked Dr. Eugene about how different social settings affect our perception of crying. Do you find that people perceive crying differently depending on the um, the environment, the context, especially when it comes to a professional setting, like in an office versus perhaps when you're at home with friends mm. or family? Absolutely. So there really is a difference between crying in private and crying in the midst of a public setting, which makes the research and findings in this area even more complex. So is it beneficial? Is it not? Well, I think it also really depends on the environment that we are in. So I would gather that from whatever studies have been conducted, that there is a little bit more slightly more, I think, perceived benefits from crying 
in private situations. So the effects of crying in public are a little bit more mixed and dependent on what we call situational appropriateness. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is this particular aspect of studies in emotion called emotion appropriateness. So in this regard, we need to consider whether the expression of crying follows and matches a particular emotion script. So I'll give you another more concrete example. Mm -hmm. You might want to think about a situation and ask, is the crying expressed here done with enough frequency and intensity given the situation? We'll take a leader, for instance, right? So crying or even tearing up in response to a tragic circumstance is not only appropriate, it's sometimes expected. So I'm actually thinking about, so I was thinking about this question. Um, Think about Barack Obama. So Mm -hmm. him tearing up after his speech following the Sandy Hook massacre which was perceived to be as an expression, um, perceived by many as an expression of empathy and grieving alongside those affected by their tragedy. So I think because in tragic situations, in crisis situations, people look to the leader as the sort of go-to indication of how we should be expressing. And when a leader expresses alongside, cries alongside family of the victims, then you would actually take that as an indication of sympathy, if not empathy. Mm. And speaking of sympathy and empathy, a lot of times, you know, when we talk about crying and we see um, well-known people or colleagues crying, uh, the gender comes um, into um, the context as well. You know, why mm-hmm. why today still our perception of crying sometimes do differ depending on whether the person is a woman or a man. I think this has a lot to do with what social psychologists know about gender norms and how that's actually been shaped by our culture and our upbringing as well. So more traditional conceptions of masculinity and femininity are directly influenced these views as well. I'm sure you might have heard of statements such as boys don't cry, women are emotional. Mm-hmm. I think these are just one part of the story. So what we do find as well is that crying appropriateness depends on this gender script as well. Uh, several studies that show that men are punished more severely for crying, whereas it's more acceptable. I put acceptable in inverted commas here. Uh, for women to cry, even in professional settings. That being said, the story is a little bit more complex than that. There's at least one other study that's also shown that crying women in professional settings are perceived as being manipulative. So it may be a little bit more acceptable mm-hmm. because of the gender script. But I think we really need to consider the environment, the context, the background story as well. Just looking at the crying act by itself only gives us a very, very small part of the story. We also hear that crying means you're more emotional, that you know, perhaps you can't think <laughs> as logically or reasonably as someone who perhaps doesn't cry as often. I mean, what, what is the flaw to yep. saying these things to someone? I'm glad you pointed out that it's a flaw. So I would actually be very cautious about concluding that crying equals emotional or illogical, unreasonable behavior. Mm. So remember that much of our crying, more generally, our emotional expressivity is shaped by our perceptions and environmental factors. So I'm going to make a reference to a female colleague of mine, for instance, who tends to tear up a fair bit. And it's not because she's sad. It's just her way of responding, coping. So the same colleague sometimes um, tears up in response to feeling anger. I don't see her as being any less logical or unreasonable in any case. Some of us are just a little bit more susceptible uh, to others' emotions. Some of us have a higher degree of what we call trait empathy. Mm -hmm. So really, all these factors just make us a little bit more susceptible to others' emotions, more likely to express rather than to suppress our tears. Uh, But long story short, no, I'd agree with you in saying that crying is an expression of emotion, uh, but it's not necessarily one that reflects irrationality or the person being unreasonable. 
So that was Dr. Eugene T, the senior lecturer in psychology. And so turning back to the idea of crying in the office, you know, what would you do if you saw your colleague crying? And would the gender of the person matter? Our intern Jasmine helped uh, to ask some of our colleagues this question and you know, here's what they have to say. Yeah, I would definitely try and console them um, I, by just being beside them. Um, I'm not a touchy kind of person, so I don't know whether, and I don't know whether that person is okay with me touching them as well. So I'll usually just, not usually, but I'll definitely bring them water and just try and console them. Not talk a lot, just keep quiet. To me, it doesn't make a difference if, if it's a man or a woman who cries. No? Try and console them. If I was really close with them, obviously, and I'll try to help them up, drop everything and help them out. Uh, if not, uh, probably I would still console them, but uh, it would be slightly difficult for me to do. So it doesn't matter their gender if they're crying. I would still help them regardless. Uh, when I see a colleague crying, I'll probably go up to them and try to check up on them to see if they're alright or not. It doesn't really matter if they're a girl or a guy. You know, when they're crying, obviously they're showing signs of distress. So I think the best way to do it is to just respond, try to show a bit of empathy and be there for them if they need your company. Um, the first thing that I would do is probably go to my colleague and ask him or her if things are fine and I'll try to talk it out with the said person and I'll be more than willing to help them out and especially lend a listening ear because for someone who's crying you just want to be heard out sometimes right um, so we were asking you a question on Twitter. Yeah, um, the question was, uh, we had a poll, where do you go to when you feel like crying? 74% of you said somewhere I can be alone. 13% of you said I never cry. 12% of you said I just do it. And 1% of you said I look for friends and family. And we do have some responses. So on WhatsApp, um, Anonymous wrote in and said, my dad says men don't cry, so I cry in my sleep. Oh, that's really sad. <laughs> And Mia wrote in and said, I prefer to cry in private because when I cry to myself alone, I just needed to let it out. But when I talk to someone while crying, it depends on the person I'm talking with because it's about who I trust when I feel this unguarded or this weaker part of me. I believe it also depends on who sees you crying because I would feel worse when someone gets angry or annoyed to see me doing that or if they were to tell me to toughen up or say it's not something to cry about. Mm. Right. And on Twitter, CW said, listening to BFM's song selection and you will find sadder things that would immediately stop your tears. <laughs> huh. No comment there. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> and Daniel Pubalun wrote in and said, listening to my favourite music on my car CD player. And Jonathan Tan said, watch any dog-related movie, even reruns. So I guess that's what helps them. Uh, yeah. Cool. See, dog-related like movies helps you bring out the tears, I think. Yeah, I yeah. think yeah. it makes you cry even more. I yeah. think it has the exact adverse effect. <laughs> <laughs> Which might be the point. Um, I actually know people who, uh, if they're feeling particularly bad, right, mm. um, they would rather watch something sad because it helps them sort of catharsis, like you mm. said earlier, Suen. It helps them, you feel something so intense that you, you can actually bring that emotion out, which may not be the worst thing. It, mm. it, is it kind of sort of, I, I find that I do that, like when I'm feeling a bit lower, low, then I like to listen to sadder music mm -hmm. than upbeat music, which is very weird because you I feel like you should be looking for 
happiest. But because it's artificial, right? If you mm. are feeling low and then you sort of force yourself to be happy or, or, or to engage in happy things, the initial whatever it is that makes you feel down in the first place doesn't go away. Mm. So at least helping to process that emotion is perhaps more useful. I know. Uh, when I was in school and it just was not related to the song at all but I know one song that used to make me feel sadder was Taylor Swift's Teardrops on My Guitar. <laughs> I used to listen to that when I was sad and then I just cry even more. Oh gosh. <laughs> it is sort of a sad song. It is, but I don't know why that song. It's not like I could relate to what she was saying. <laughs> no, everyone has these sad songs, right? That that they turn to. Do you have one, Swan? I think I do, but I can't remember. Like Now that you've put me on the spot, I can't remember what so it is. So you haven't been sad in a while. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's a song that I particularly listen to when I'm... Um, when I'm feeling sad. I think there are songs that do make me cry for various reasons. Um, but I don't know. This uh, What I was also interested in is this the question that you asked our colleagues, this mm-hmm. idea of um, what would you do if you saw someone crying in the office? Because context is also important, mm-hmm. right? It's very different crying among your friends or your family members. And it's another if you were to cry in the office. And I actually thought to myself that I think... I actually get, I well up with tears quite easily when I'm talking about something that's very important to me or something that affects me or Mm. something that I'm angry about. And I realized that when I was younger, I used to feel embarrassed about it. But I think as as I've gotten older and maybe more confident about who I am and, and what it is that I'm capable of and how people perceive me, that I'm a lot more okay with revealing that part of myself because I don't necessarily think it seems like a weakness. Mm. I mean, I hope I, I don't know why I feel that way and it feels very uncomfortable mm. saying it out loud that I, for me, like I don't think that way about other people but personally, I feel like if I cry, I feel like I'm showing a side of me that I I don't think you're alone in feeling that way though I think a lot of people feel like crying especially in front of people that you don't get um, that you're not close to or you don't you're not uh, you don't have a, a connection with that you would be perceived as perhaps being weak. Mm. I find that it's a bit awkward. It, it, I don't know, like in that moment, it also feels both sad and awkward at the same time, especially yeah. if you're not that familiar or close with the person because then you're, both of you are like, well, what what do you do now that one of, one of you is crying? <laughs> <laughs> I've had that reaction before. I just didn't know what to do. And I know that if you were to hug them, they cry more. So like what, um, you know, one of the Vox spots when he said that he wouldn't touch them, he would comfort them. I understand where that's coming from. From. Mm-hmm. Are there places where it's okay to cry, you think? Oof. My room. <laughs> I was going to say movie theatre. Yes. <laughs> I when, cry when in movies watching, a lot. Maybe that's that's um, that's what we should do. You know, when you feel like crying and you find it awkward, just watch a very sad movie yeah. in an open space. My indication when I go on a date and it's someone that I don't want to go out with again is if we're watching a sad movie, I cry and if he laughs. <laughs> if he laughs or he makes a joke about it. I mean, like a, a gentle joke is fine, mm. but if he's actively laughing, I'm just like, Dude, no, I'm not going to see you again. But that's that's weird, cause, isn't it? Because then you, perhaps then you question, is there no empathy? Yeah. Because you're not empathizing with whatever sad scene that is happening. Because if the person is just has a stoic face, then maybe I understand a they bit could, more. They could still feel it. Yes. Um, I mean, like my brother, for instance, the dog movie thing. Like, he's He doesn't get teary too easily at movies. But like if it's a movie about dogs, I mm. know that even if he's not, um, I might be outing him on air. Even <laughs> if he isn't crying, you know, visually, he might, he's, he's very sad inside. I know that. Um, so you don't necessarily have to be 
drowning in tears to feel sad but i think not understanding when other people do feel sad is as you said mm-hmm. a a sort of a lack of empathy yeah um so we we do need to take a quick break but we'll come back um you know with uh, if you have more comments that you'd like to share with us but first here's when doves cry by prince the bigger picture on bfm 89.9 the business station It's the Daily Digest with Charmila Ganesan, Limsu and Ann Kelly Anisa. So a quick wrap up of the stories we discussed today. In our first story we spoke to Zen Cho. She is the author and one the first Malaysian to win a Hugo award for her um for her story. So on Twitter Muhammad Cairo wrote in and said, "Proud of Zen. Where can I find one of her books? I'm not into e-books. I prefer the hard copy style books." Um well you can read her story. You can find for that story online at the Barnes and Noble blog or and the rest of her books they are sold in major bookstores yeah her novel sorcerer to the crown and the true queen are mm. available on major bookstores spirits abroad however i think is out of print mm. you might be able to <clears throat> excuse me you might be able to find a couple of copies online if you look yeah and in our second story we spoke to dr eugene t senior lecturer in psychology about our perceptions of crying and whether crying is really cathartic and also just looking about how we feel about crying in the workplace. Yes. And on that note we were asking you on Twitter, where do you go to when you feel like crying? 72% of you said somewhere I can be alone, followed by 15% of you who said I never cry, 12% of you said I just do it, and only 1% of you said I look for friends and family. And we do have a few comments on Twitter. Um Bosco wrote in and said I cry in public because I like the attention. He's on he or she is honest. <laughs> <laughs> and um Hakure he made wrote in and said it's understandable not wanting to cry to family and friends they would worry and then that makes me cry more and on whatsapp uh Benji wrote in and said um when a relative dies and he had a, this emoji where there's no expression whereas when a pet dies the emoji is crying <laughs> <laughs> i suppose sometimes you like your pets more than your family <laughs> David Tho wrote in and said Play Princess uh sometimes it snows in April it's a very tearful song Definitely a song that makes you cry yes uh, and um uh Chia Tin Yuan wrote in and said look for Mr Bean it can do lots of wonders <laughs> I think that's when you want to cry and perhaps want stop. to stop crying <laughs> yeah yeah And um another person wrote in on WhatsApp and said crying is good for emotional health so I will not hold back my tears. Well, that is all we have for you um today but if you want to continue that conversation you can tweet us at BFM Radio. You are also on uh, Facebook. You can look up B- um you can look up BFM the bigger picture. Uh so if you've missed any part of today's show you can download the podcast at bfm.my/dailydigest. Uh we are also on uh, the podcast also on the BFM app and also on Spotify. Coming up at 3 p.m. on Live and Learn, Kelly here will be sticking around to look at the importance of producing high-quality research when it comes to refugee advocacy. We leave you now with "As Tears Go By" by the Rolling Stones on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the Business Station.